Good morning and God's blessings to all of you dear Christians who came to church today to be built up in your faith, especially you family and friends who came to support these young people who will stand up and say, I believe what I believe in Jesus Christ. And most of all, good morning to you five people that are our confirmands today that are going to join the adult membership in a congregation and take the Lord's Supper with us for the rest of your life the very body and blood of Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Our hearts are with you today and always. I am a number five child out of six children, and my parents have both gone to glory. Uh, My father died three years before my mother, and he had a long, lingering illness, so we knew that his end was coming. And they started talking about things that they wanted to give to each of us children individually. The rest they just left for us to fight over. And we got it all distributed after my mother died. But one of the things that they picked to give me is this Bible. It's an old King James Bible. And it belonged to my mother's uncle, Clarence Christensen, who lived in Wisconsin. Tigerton, Wisconsin, little town up there. He, he was born in 1896, and he died in 1979. I know you think 1979 was a long time ago, but it really wasn't. He was 83 years old. I was the, the, the preacher kid, the young man that by the time my parents were about to pass away, they, my mother lived three years longer than my dad. I was already a pastor down here. But uh, my other brothers and sisters have a deep abiding faith, and they're confirmed and active members of Christian congregations. But they, my mother said that she wanted me to have this Bible. Clarence was a, a, a man of God. He was not a pastor, but he was an active member of his congregation. But what she remembers is that Uncle Clarence used to send her birthday cards or Christmas letters, and they were always handwritten words of encouragement about Christian faith. And that was very important to my mother. Her father was weak spiritually, and so Uncle Clarence kind of became like a spiritual father to her. And so when Uncle Clarence passed away, his wife Anna, they didn't have any children, gave my mother this Bible. And then my mother passed it on to me. So here, this is a very important family heirloom for Christians, isn't it? It's even got some of his personal notes and things he cut out of magazines that were important to him. And I can kind of walk back into his life and read those notes when I look in his Bible. It means a lot to me. So here's my question. If my mom came to see me after she gave this to me, before she died, and I was having a garage sale that Saturday morning, and there were a whole bunch of books, you know, old books for sale for a nickel, What do you think mom would think, my mom, if she saw this Bible on that table for 50 cents? What do you think? Heart attack, attack maybe, huh? What? He doesn't understand or he doesn't cherish what, what it meant to her. Doesn't understand the depth of the gift, right? All those things. This is a book. I mean, I've got a lot of books and some I've passed on to other people, but this is a book that I know where it is almost at all times. I could find it yesterday very easily. Because I cherish it. That's the word. Cherish. What this Bible is to me and my family, this verse was to my father. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. My father grew up thinking that he had to earn God's favor. And he always wondered why Jesus didn't just do it all. That's what he told me later. 
And one time he was in a, in a, a week-long business trip and they have that Bible that they put in the nightstand, you know, of hotel rooms. He said, I'm going to read this Bible and get to know God. And somebody had circled lots of Bible passages. So not knowing his way around the Bible, he just kind of paged through looking for the circles. And someone had circled this passage and, and put in the margin, you cannot work your way to heaven. It's a free gift. Now let's look at the verse. Ready? Ephesians 2, 8, 9. You probably can say this because I bet we made you memorize it, right? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. My father said it was like a weight of bricks was taken off of his shoulders because he, he realized that Jesus had done it all. We've drilled that into your heads, haven't we? You could say that in your sleep. How do you know you're going to heaven? For God so loved the world that he gave his this is his, his passage for his confirmation. Keep going. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. perish. Yeah. You, you, you don't have any trouble saying, I know I'm going to heaven because God gave his one and only son for me and he did it all. How did he do it all? He never once sinned. I know you got white robes on to cover up whatever you're wearing, but we know you're sinners underneath there. So is this guy in his white robe. There's no way we'll ever stop being a sinner until we get to heaven. So if we think we can ever be good enough, right, to make it, we're sadly mistaken. So why would I pick this on your confirmation day? Because we still sometimes live like we earned it. Let me explain. When you stand up to be confirmed, it's someone said this to Maggie in the front of the line today as we were coming in. They said, oh, today's the easy day. What was the hard day? Examination. Examination Sunday, last Sunday, where we said, tell us all the knowledge we gave you. And we even prepared you carefully, right? And you got all those Bible verses that you memorized and you're just, you, we just packed them in for one or two or more years as we taught you. In other words... You've done a lot to get here, right? But I've got to tell you, you didn't do anything that would save you. (laughs) You can't do anything. You can't memorize anything. You can't go on a mission trip that'll save you. You can't dedicate your whole life to Christ, and that dedication will save you. But that means that's good news, too. He did it all so you wouldn't have to try to depend on anything you would do. And Christians, even Christians, because they've got that in their head, like my dad did, need to hear this verse. The reason Paul wrote this verse was because he was afraid that Christian church would start to depend on themselves. So he said, it's by grace you have been saved. Do you remember a definition of grace? Anybody? Just off the top of your head, a definition of grace? undeserved what well we can't confirm you then i'm sorry if you can't even give me a definition of grace undeserved love you could take the letters of grace and spell out a sentence god for the g riches are at christ's expense right grace so if you ever forget that again and someone grills you on your confirmation day one time you can know what grace means for by grace you've been saved through faith Here's the, here's the deal. Not only did Jesus live a perfect life, die for you and rise again, but in your lifetime, he's the one that made sure you got this far, to know it, to understand it. 
He gave you the parents that made it important for you to be at a church where they taught it. He gave you a vicar that's dedicated his life to teaching the word, Pastor Dan or myself, he get to, to share with the word. He even was thinking of you when in 1968, a pastor from San Antonio met with eight people down in downtown Austin to start this church. Everything in your life, your parents, your grandparents, anyone that has, all these people that are here to encourage you that are saying, it's all about Jesus and we're so happy for you that you can stand up and say that you believe in grace, that Christ came and saved you. All of that was a gift. And here's the last part of that. If you look closely at the passage, even the faith you have is a gift. You may not have met somebody like this, but you will. I've met people that say, Pastor, I want to believe. I just can't. And that's when I get to tell them, that's why you just say to God in prayer, give me faith as a gift by your Holy Spirit. Teach me to trust in your Savior, your Son. Right? The faith that you're going to stand up here and give us, we call it confirmation, where you're going to confirm that you believe. That was given to you by God. It's like my mom giving me a Bible. God gave you Jesus and the faith to believe in it. But what does he want you to do? Cherish the gift and love the giver. Right? He wants you to love the giver. All God has ever wanted is for us to love him with our every heart, soul, and mind and strength. Remember that passage? What's the greatest commandment, Jesus? We made you memorize it. Love the Lord your God. Yeah, love the Lord. She said the whole passage. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. All he's ever wanted was for you to love him. But you know what? He knew that you could not do it perfectly, Jesus, so he did it in your place, so that when you sit and think about how much God loves you individually, you will just feel the love that you have for him. I would guess, unless it's a day when you're being a little rebellious, if I came into your life on any given day and said, do you love your parents, do you love your grandparents, you'd go, absolutely. Even if you don't want to tell them, because you're afraid you'll lose leverage in the conversation. You'd say, yes, I love them. You know why? Because you've experienced their love your whole life. Well, that's what God wants from us. But you know how you can show that love? He tells you how. Take out that toolbox that I gave you. That's a gift from, from us to you. Okay? Go ahead and it's easy to open. It may be hard to shut, but it's easy to open. And look inside. You all have the same five tools in there. We're, okay? There's a hammer, a tape measure, right? There's a set of like a Leatherman that's pliers with screwdriver and knife on it. There's a Phillips screwdriver and a slot screwdriver. And I figured I'd give it to the girls too because they get left out on the boy stuff sometimes. So now you have your very own toolbox, okay? Maybe you'll get a better box for it someday, but this is yours, okay? You're going to keep it. But look in the bottom of it. What do you see in the bottom of your toolbox? You see the sermon, te- the sermon theme in parts and the text. And then on the other side, if I gave the boxes to the right people, you see your name and your confirmation verse. I hope that if you ever have to get in this box again and you grab a, a screwdriver or, a nut or the, the, the pliers or the hammer, that you have just a moment with Jesus when you look down on the bottom of that box and you see the sermon on your confirmation day and 
you see your own very own confirmation verse that you picked. Am I right? All of you picked your own verse? Okay. The reason I wanted you to have this, though, has to do with the last verse of your, your sermon text today for your confirmation, which is the next verse that was so special to my father and is special to the Apostle Paul. So just while you're kind of thinking about the tools and that sort of thing, look at this last verse, okay? Or just listen to it. It's on the screen, too. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There, there is a, in the, you remember, Caleb, what the New Testament was written in? What language was it written in? Greek. It was written in Greek. There is a word for work in the second line, but that's a different, there's a different word for handiwork in the first line. You know what the word for handiwork here is in the first line? It's the same word for our word, poem. You, Caleb, are God's poem. Megan, you are God's poem, right? Sarah Beth, you're God's poem. Jonathan, you are God's poem. Maggie, you are God's poem. Created in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? See, we know God created you first as a person, but then when he brought you to faith, he created you in Christ Jesus to be a child of God. This is what Jesus meant by being born again, right? You're created into a Christian, not just a human being. There's lots of human beings, but they're, they're not the same number of Christians, right? But in your life, by grace, he picked you and said, I'm going to create a Christian, a Jesus Christian. And he, he made you a poem. So in as much as your life reflects Christ and his love for the world, that's the beautiful, you're cooperating with the poem. And he prepared in advance for you to do some things with his gospel. And the toolbox itself represents the gospel. And all the tools represent the individual truths or scriptures that come out of the bible to give you give you truth from the gospel okay so let me give you an example okay or two or five so maggie you're in high school right let's say either in high school or at acc you're talking to somebody during a break time and you're thinking about your christian faith and you ask them what they think about jesus and they say, well, I think he was a really good man. I think he was a historical figure, but I'm not convinced he was the Messiah. And you're thinking, oh, i got to help him, right? But I don't know what to say. Well, what's your confirmation verse? Joel 2. It's okay. Okay, which says... Yeah, I will pour out my spirit on both men and women. It's not just the male pastors that know Bible verses to share, right? But maybe you don't know that what God wants, but you've got time, right? So you go to God in prayer and say, help me by your Holy Spirit. Because we heard Jesus say in the gospel reading, I'll tell you what to say. You don't have to know. You can just pray about it, right? And then you can get help. And God will help you help that person with the claims of Christ. And let Jesus present himself to them and let them decide, right? So you can, you, you can go by your own confirmation. That's a tool out of the toolbox to keep you from freaking out and doing nothing, right? So, um, Jonathan, John 3.16, right? You said it earlier, God so loved the world. Whoever believes in Jesus, he gave his son so that we would not perish, right? So you're talking to somebody and they go, I don't know the Bible. I don't, I, my, no one's ever taught me the Bible. I think it's just a big old religious book like the Koran or any other book. 
and you've only got that much time because they're kind of passing through your life that day, what's the Bible in a nutshell? You're You got it, right? So you pull that out of your toolbox and you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, you know, as they said in the old movie, let me hit you with some knowledge. If you want to know what the Bible's all about, it's about this verse. If you don't remember anything else, remember this verse. Because Jesus said it, why he came. The Bible's about Jesus Christ, Savior of the world, right? It's in your toolbox. But see, when that guy says that that day, that he doesn't understand, Jonathan, I'm not there to do that for you. Your grandma's not there. Your mom's not there. Nobody else is there. You're there. And you are God's poem, his handiwork, which he created in Christ Jesus for you to do the work, right? And so what I'm trying to show you is, this isn't the end. It feels like graduation, right? This is the beginning, And now you're going to start to put all this into practice more and more and more to where you're going to be God's handiwork doing his great work. So, Sarah Beth, you're a super nice girl, but one day you catch yourself gossiping about somebody and you're feeling really guilty, right? What could you pull out of your toolbox like your confirmation verse that would help you get rid of the guilt? What's your confirmation verse? You can look in below if you don't know it yet. Psalm 57.10. What does it say? Great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness to me reaches to the skies, way beyond my guilt over having said things I shouldn't have said, right? And you can find peace instead of mulling it over, trying to blame somebody. Well, she deserved it. No, God, just forgive me, because great is your love and faithfulness reaches to the sky. It's in your toolbox. See? So you can be God's handiwork for yourself, can't you? Right? So what's your Bible verse? Okay, Ephesians 4.32. So some guy says to you, he's a friend of yours, right? There isn't no party Friday night. I'm just going to hang out with my parents at home. And you find out on Monday morning there was a big party, and he didn't want you to come, and he didn't invite you, and he calls himself your friend. And you're feeling what? Sad, left out, hurt, right? Now what do I do with that hurt? Well, Ephesians 4.32 says what? Get even, right? Have a party and leave him out. No. What does it say? It's in your toolbox, isn't it? Be kind, compassionate, forgiving him, not because he's so forgivable, but what does it say? Because God forgave you. Now, you know, we call these our Bible verses. But actually, everybody, the whole Bible is our Bible verse. So all these verses belong to all of us, don't they? They're in our toolbox, okay? So Megan, tell me your verse again. All right, Isaiah 41.10 is about comfort, isn't it? Right? Can you read it to me? Okay. Did you know that that's a passage? Oh, let me say it out loud. Do not be afraid. I... Because I will strengthen you, do not be dismayed, for I am your God, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Did you know that's a passage we share with people when they're sick and maybe rushed to the emergency room and in the hospital? You know somebody there? Your grandpa, right? And you heard that he had pneumonia, and that he's in the hospital, and you're scared for him? Well, you've got a tool in your toolbox. You can call up grandma and grandpa on the cell phone and say, I want to tell you my confirmation verse, right? Because you're God's poem you can be uncle clarence 
moving up the chain of the generation ladder, right? Instead of going down, you've got it in your toolbox. Jesus once told a parable. He said, he said a lot of people say that they're the Lord's servants. This guy once had a, he was going to go away on a trip and he gave everybody a silver coin called a mina. And he said, some invested it this well and it gave back 10 more minas, some five, some two. But one guy went and buried it. And when the, when the master came back, he said, I, I brought you the one mina because I knew you were a hard man and I'm giving you your mina back. And what did Jesus say he had to do with that fellow? He had to cast him away. He says, you're really not a servant of mine because you didn't use the mina, right? Here's my point. That toolbox is a symbol of the Bible filled with the gospel and all the tools that it has. God's word is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Remember that verse that it's inspired, profitable for correction, instruction, teaching, and righteousness. The man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You've got all of that. Don't go home and bury it. Now, I don't really care what you do with the plastic toolbox and the tools in there. But what I hope you do every time you see it is you say, I cannot bury my Lord, bury my faith, bury the truth of the gospel. I got to let it out of the box, right? There may be times when you try to use tools out of this toolbox, they're not enough, and you need a bigger tool, a better tool, and somebody to show you how to use it. There's a whole lot in Christianity you really don't have yet, and you really don't know how to use it and you need bigger, better tools, that's what the church is for. You weren't, we're not like having you stand up and then sending you out and say, go be Jesus. We're saying, come in to adulthood and start, start transparently sharing the struggle with us as we learn how to share the gospel with each other and everybody else. So what I say on your confirmation day is, let's roll, right? Cherish the God who gave you this gospel and faith to believe it and show him you cherish it by gladly being the handiwork and gladly having an impact on your friends and your family. Amen.